two, one. Hello and welcome to Being Human Hidden Depths by Collaboration Global. My name is Jill Tiny and I'm really pleased to say that today we have uh, one of our long-standing members of Collaboration Global. We have David Liddell. Welcome. Hi. <laughs> You're here with a lovely view behind you. Is this one of the stock photos or one of your lovely um, places that you visit? Uh, no, I was down in um, I was down in Dover yesterday, actually, um, picking some stuff up from a client, and I went and sat on the beach for an hour beforehand because I was really early, um, and watched the sun come up on the beach, which was lovely. Oh, it's really perfect. nice. Yeah, especially yesterday when it was such a sunny day as well, wasn't it? Yeah, chilly though. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice though. Well, it's well, the sun's shining now, so let's make the most of it. Hurrah! Uh, it's um, October day. So, David, you've been a part of Collaboration Global for um, some years now, um, and I know it's morphed into an online organisation um, from the face-to-face that we used to have on a monthly basis. And I know one of the things that sticks in my mind that you used to say is, um, I love the meetings, Jill, but I really like going to the pub afterwards as well. <laughs> you bring that up at every opportunity. It's, I miss the social aspect because there, there was a group of us who end up going to the pub every week. And it was a really nice thing. It was a, it was a really nice, uh, just relaxed, uh, relaxed thing to do. And it, I miss that. And yes. it will come back. It will definitely come back. Well, we've kind of taken it online because we, we have a, an online session for our members called Evolve, which sadly has not worked with your diary recently. But to me, that's our pub online where we've got an, a conversation that we can have. Because the conversations, I do remember, we used to go to various different pubs and places. Um, and you've got a glass in hand, even though it was a Tuesday evening that we, your, your group used to meet. The conversations that we'd started back at the meeting would then carry on in the pub, and it was this kind of unpacking of so, what do you think, and how are you seeing it, and and I don't know if I agree with that. I'm not really sure. And it's this beautiful, relaxed space. So the Air Evolve sessions are now going to be on a Wednesday from now on, just for you. Okay. Um, so we can carry that on. And the philosophy is you you bring a glass of whatever you prefer, a cup of tea or glass of wine. Um, and then we have a, an ongoing conversation. So the last one we spoke about that you did miss was the social dilemma um, around social I'm media. That. Let me ask you straight off, before we even get into who you are and what you're about, how au fait are you on social media and what are your views on it, for, for instance, with your children? Do you let them have social media? Uh, no, not the kids, because they're, they're eight and, uh, and three. Um, mm. Although they could probably use it better than most adults that I know. Um, <laughs> yeah. So no, um, no, no, because uh, we've they've got they've both got um, tablet things that they play with and watch TV and stuff when we want them to sit in a car and be quiet or something. Um, but I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't give them open access to the internet. Not no. at that age. No, absolutely. there's no. It's not about what they're looking for. It's what might be presented to them. Um, and at that age, no. <laughs> but no. <laughs> but also, and pl- please do watch the social dilemma. It's all also about how. Um, manipulative it is because of the oh it's massively manipulative in yeah. in every way you can possibly I mean I see that on a daily basis with um what people post what people don't post um it, it's all massively skewed one way or another and and very much um manipulative is probably the politest way to put mm. a lot of what goes on there um so you've got to be I've just grown up about what's on there and Take it with a take everything with a pinch of salt. I think, and I think as well, it's um, a little and often, and not get. Um, so, for a classic example, which I've only just kind of sussed in my head today, um, I went onto YouTube earlier, and I'm getting all of these adverts about this guy that does needlework. Um, I can't remember, Mister 
Mr. Sewing or Mr. I don't know what his name is. Um, and I'm like, that's weird because I don't do needlework. I've never Googled uh, how to make a bag or how to make this or I just don't do it. My mum did it to death. So I kind of skipped a generation. And then I realised that I have been having a lot of conversations with Kay uh, and she is slightly obsessed with it. And she goes, look at the bag I just made. Look at this that I've just done. And it's just it's just on a Zoom call. But I'm like, mm. oh, that's why I'm, I'm getting those because they think that those conversations that I'm, I'm interested in. I'm yeah, pleased for her. It does things like Google searches. I mean, I I um I I bought some trainers or a number of pairs of trainers recently, and um uh, everything you get these pictures yeah. of shoes come across the screen when you're doing something else. Like, where did that come from? Yeah, well, I, I understand I, it when you're doing a search. When you've done a Google search, I get that. But when it's just audio, audio as well, they're still they're listening to you as well as just whatever you type in. You know, it's all smart. It's smart AI, isn't it? I mean, it's um there's a there's a huge a huge amount of benefit there i think um especially yeah. for people with disabilities and things I, I mean if you don't have the same accessibility as everybody does, uh, else may do um uh, or the ability to actually to access so people who don't want to touch a computer if you can talk at something yes it's brilliant yes. um but it's everything to be everything should be taken with a pinch of salt indeed indeed yeah. and that, that's what was nice about the film if you get a chance to watch it I'm, I'm telling everybody to go and watch it is that the guys that are talking have left all of the big social media you know, the facebook and twitter and all the rest of it and they've left but they were very high up and they were chief this and you know chief that um and they said that in the beginning it was all about helping people it was all mm -hmm. about making life easier for people you know the the guy that invented the like button on facebook he was there and he's like this was a good thing you were approving it was lovely he said yeah, and yeah. now because yeah, ai yeah now ai's got involved it, it just kind of um, it's insidious and it's sinister uh, and that's what's quite worrying but i think as long as people are aware of it and are awake to it then as you say you can just pull yourself back and not and not let it ruin your life because the mm suicide rate of teenage girls has gone up in the last three years and it's like well what's caused that you know and there were permutations around you know being cyber bullied and all of those kind of things it's horrific anyway that's gone down slightly tell us david tell us a little bit about you um, and what brought you to collaboration global pre um b collaboration in the past um what brought you to us but also who are you <laughs> Uh, that's it's a really odd question, isn't it? Uh, so professionally, when I say it's an odd question, it, it's <clears throat> I always find that really difficult because I, I'm kind of different people in different circumstances, not mm -hmm. in a not not in a slightly odd way. Um, <laughs> pro professionally, uh, professionally, I've always been a a, a suit wearing uh, financial services person. Mm -hmm. um, I think that has definitely toned down um, since I've grown. I say since I've grown up. That's an ongoing process, isn't yeah. it? One day you'll um, grow up. Yeah, yeah. Um, but my uh, my my preference absolutely definitely is t-shirt and shorts and out doing uh doing practical stuff with the kids or the scouts or uh or, or out doing sports. I mean mm. that that is without question, that's me. Um the, the, the work side of things kind of facilitates that. Um mm. I enjoy it, don't get me wrong. Um but if I had my if I had my way I'd be in t-shirt and shorts out in the, the outdoors every day of the week. So is there a way you can combine being a mortgage consultant with being outdoors? <laughs> it's like, yeah, have meetings outside. This is very good. Oh, that's no, true. It's, no, yeah. It's, <laughs> it, it's, it, it's different things, isn't it? One's, uh, one's a hobby. I have no uh, aspirations to be a professional sports person or, 
um, or anything like that. I, I, I think I enjoy playing at it, quite frankly. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, it's, it's fun to go and do lots of different things. I enjoy the variety more than trying to um, specialise at one thing or another. I mean, I, I love the variety of getting mm. out and doing different things. Um, and it's good because you can get to you meet lots of lots more people. Um, I, I I certainly don't take myself myself too seriously in any of that. Mm. Um, and I actually enjoy it that way because it doesn't need to be, you know, if you're going out in the in the the outdoors to to do lots of different things, it doesn't need to be taken seriously. You know, it doesn't need to be a case of if you don't achieve your goal of doing X Y Z because oh, that spoils yeah. it, doesn't it? Yeah, um, yeah. I know some people like that drive, don't they? Some people have got that need to achieve, achieve, achieve. And I know a lot of uh, you do badges and things as well in scouts, don't you? It all bypassed me when I was a kid. Um, but you can imagine that anyone's got a slight, you know, um, obsessive compulsive. <laughs> they they want to get all the yeah. badges and get, get it going. But as you say, if you don't get any badges, it's just have fun. That's the whole point of being with people and, and hanging out and just learning new stuff that you've probably not experienced before. Oh, it's, it's I don't, I don't get me wrong. I am quite competitive with stuff. <laughs> Uh, so I got the uh, I did the London Classics one year, um, uh, three years ago, and then did it again two years ago, and I've just got it again the third year. So that's the London Marathon and uh, London Marathon, the Prue Hundred Cycle, and Swim Serpentine. So oh, yeah, yeah. Um, having done it once, I wanted to do it twice, and then because lots of other people have done it twice, I uh... wanted to do it three times. Um, <laughs> annoyingly, London Marathon haven't updated their. Um, their current um, London Classics website. So I can't see how many other people have done it three times, which is annoying. So I think I'll probably, I'm going to do it again because I've got the the events hopefully booked for next year, but I think I'll stop at five. I don't think many people will do five. So um, do five lots. Uh, But uh, things like that is just a bit of fun. And it's good to meet people in in that environment because they're very, very, not positive in a, in a fake positive there there if you run the london marathon it's an absolute unique environment because there is nobody on that course who will encourage you to stop everybody will give you a pat on the back they'll they'll you know um, yeah. keep you happy um and it's the same in doing a lot of outdoor sports people will encourage you and empower you to do things um and by by definition everybody achieves yeah um and it's a very much pay it forward uh, mentality and pay it forward uh, environment because everybody helps everybody. There's no, if you go out to an event that's that big and nobody knows anybody, mm. um, but the commonality of the uh, of the event and uh, people take away a huge amount from that because it's it's just such such an overwhelmingly positive um, environment. You know, silly things like having your um, having your name on your uh, on a on a t-shirt yeah. and people shout your name and to start with it's really odd because <laughs> you kind of forget that your name's there um and to begin with it's just a bit odd um but then towards the end of it when you get over the fact that there's people you've never met before shouting your name um, and they're doing it for everybody by the way yeah um it's uh it, it becomes a massive uh, a massive mental push so things like that are good and um, also i think Something as stupid as having your name on a uh, on a T-shirt um, also breaks down boundaries because a lot of people would be too shy to actually go and say, hi, what's your name? Who are you? Where'd you come from? Yeah, Whereas yeah. if your name's plastered on your front, um, kind of, there, there's no real excuse to not know who you are. Yeah. Um, I, I love the, that um, thing that you've just highlighted, that it's it's a very positive environment and nobody is going to encourage you to not do it. 
Yeah. yeah. Where in a business environment, quite often you go to someone for advice and you say, I was thinking of doing this, this and this. And they're like, oh, no, I wouldn't do that if I were you. And you can you can almost yeah. feel that. And generally you go to advice from the least uh, likely people to give you good advice. You'd ask your mum or you'd ask your, you know, <laughs> your brother in law or someone and somebody, maybe the milkman who has never run a business in his life. You know, he's just delivering the milk. And, and yet they're, they're going to be cautious for you. And where in reality, what you need is what, well, I think that's a great idea. How are you going to do it? Let's see what we well, can do to bring you forward. And being, yeah, they're being cautious based on their experience or lack of experience. Yeah. Um, and at the same time, I mean, one, one of the most positive, one of the best courses uh, that, that I've done was the coach approach um, because it was very much about um, just knowing the difference between the different approaches, a consultative approach, uh, it, just the different approaches. And actually, what are you actually there to, to achieve? Hmm. Um, how much do you take on board? Do you, how much do you take ownership uh, of what other, what, what's going on in other people's lives? And how much do they take on uh, effectively in a, in a delegation way from you? Um, so it's, I know it, it, it's, it, it's good to do courses like I've lost where I've completely forgotten where I was going with that, but. Um, um, being encouraging. Think, and um, we're, we're talking about the uh, sport being an encouraging space and people yeah, are, aren't encouraging because they're cautious. Um, yeah. So some, the, the first time I did the London Marathon, somebody actually said, don't do it. Really? And my, um, my response to that was I booked, I mean, I booked everything that year. I booked loads of stuff. <laughs> um, basically it was a, a two-word response not I didn't didn't obviously say that but that was my that was it's my huge. response yeah yeah um and off the back of that I've done look I mean, I've done loads of stuff yeah. um and it's it's such such a wonderful thing to go and do okay so long distance stuff is not everybody's cup of tea mm-hmm. but to to meet people who are doing 100 kilometers in one day mm. um and they are so encouraging but deeply encouraging they give you anything they've got you know, if you need food or water off someone, which sounds like a stupid thing, mm. um, but they give you anything. Yeah. And it's not because it, it's that they're, they're there to, for the experience of the event. And that's what you should do. Um, and it's a, and you'll never see these people again, probably. Um, and you've never met them before. It's, 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 it's a bizarre, it's a very, very nice environment. Yeah, I love that. And, and that's kind of what the essence of Collaboration Global is about, is that we're all human beings, we're all connected, and we should all be like that all the time, rather than just yeah. go, oh, you're running a race and I'm running a race, so we can help each other. I just want, oh, you're a human, I'm a human, let's, let's help each other. It's, it's kind of identifying the, the similarities and, and the passions that we have along the way will give us those commonalities that we can uh, hinge together to support and help each other. Um, and I know when uh, my daughter ran the London Marathon, um, the atmosphere, you know, we're in the pub afterwards, it was so noisy and everyone was so friendly and everyone's chatting to everyone. And it was just an amazing, because everyone's on this like a huge high from, mm. you know, having got there and achieved it. I was saying to my husband the other day that in the, when the marathon first started 30 odd years ago, and you'd, somebody would say that they'd done the marathon, you'd go, oh, did you finish? And now it's like, <laughs> what time did you do? Well, you know, it's interesting, isn't it? <laughs> Well, yeah, because an awful lot of people never finished. They gave up. They didn't have the mental attitude to kind of carry it on forward. Yeah. And now it's like, and what are you doing next? Where most people go, oh, no, I've done the marathon. That's my lot. You know, they didn't consider anything else. And then my, my son-in-law, he does um, uh, Ironman. He does triathlons. He's, you know, oh, cycles into work, runs into work. And it's miles, flipping miles. Mm. But that's a way of life now. It's just this whole um, 
ecosystem around you know I've got to watch what I eat I have to mm. when have I had my carbs and when have I done this and all the it's just amazing so it really resonates with me that being around positive people as you say and being around people that are encouraging you has such a, um, a hit on on your your integrity and your commitment to your life whatever you are doing uh -huh. So yep. I wonder how many um, mortgage consultants, which is what you are fundamentally, although you do so many other things, but how many other mortgage consultants are going to have that kind of zest for life, you know, and that can understand that a mortgage for some people is their dream because it's connected to the place they're going to call home. Mm -hmm. So tell us briefly how you got into, into the financial industry. Are you a bit of a maths whiz? No, I did a biology degree. Um, oh, that's and, really uh, close. No, I spent, <laughs> um, I spent a year doing um, uh, agrochemical um, uh, pesticide research for AstraZeneca in oh, Gellet Hill. So nice. Gellet Hill is one of the, it, it was a good site. It's actually, it was an amazing <laughs> place to work for a year. It's a, it's a su superb site. Um, it's one of, it's one of, of two um, global research sites um, that that was at the at the time what it was, yeah. um, and they had um, they had student placements for a year, and it was just up the road from where my parents lived. It was brilliant, fantastic experience. Mm. But um, when you're sitting doing this every day uh. with a pipette, literally it got to the stage that your thumb didn't work. Oh no! Um, and I just I wasn't cut out for lab work, unfortunately. Mm. um i just my way of doing things is if you can i look for stuff to solve i'm a problem solver yeah um and you give me stuff to solve i'll solve it um and it, it just didn't work i got some things done incredibly quickly that that they didn't like so silly things like uh i had to clean out a thousand literally a thousand test um <gasps> test tube. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so i rigged up a, a drill with a brush on the end of it and turned <laughs> the drill on beside the sink not the best place to do that and you just basically <laughs> sit and stick the, the tubes onto the brush um and got through them really really quickly but obviously a little bit dangerous um <laughs> don't do this at home like folks. <laughs> yeah things like that didn't go down too well but it was a really really good experience um decided i would never do that again um and then um yeah but but again a very valuable experience because it taught me i didn't want to to work a, in a lab yeah um which if 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 you have a biology degree that's kind of one of the ones you go to yeah, um, yeah. So then accidentally ended up with a financial services company and kind of got in through there um ended up doing mortgages after a period of time because that's where the market kind of went mm -hmm. and been there ever since it's obviously mm -hmm. a, a lot more specialized than it was in the past yeah um but it's kind of worked uh, oddly or interestingly we still have a lot of clients from kind of 15 20 years ago which is is really really funny just to see all the the different life journeys that we've yeah. been part of over the years that's nice yeah um and the, the 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 nature of the conversations nowadays is very very different to how it was before um it's not in any way salesy it's a lot more supportive it, mm. it goes back to the coach approach we've been before the coach approach had a had a name for it we've been working that in that way for years mm. um i just think we didn't necessarily know we were doing that Yes, um, it felt right to you, didn't it? To, to so ex explain what that approach is for you with your company. Um, it's it's still very process driven because we we work in a regulated environment and have set things that we need to do. Mm. Um, but it's it's relationships. Um, the majority of our business comes in um, from word of mouth. Um, we obviously have the social media and stuff because we have to. 
mm. you have to have a you have to have a shop front to an extent but um the majority of the business comes in um through word of mouth and repeat which is so much better because you're not having all the silly conversations that you need to have to understand what's going on um and it's just a lot more personable mm. um and that's that it just makes everything so much easier for everybody um and so much nicer um, yeah. It always makes me laugh when clients ring up and say, oh, do you remember me? So, of course I remember you. I mean, we've, got, we've got lots of clients, but we haven't got that many that we wouldn't remember somebody. Mm. Um, I mean, obviously, you remember you remember when things go really, really well. <laughs> and you also remember when things go badly, because inevitably um, what some people try to do doesn't necessarily work out in the best way. Mm. Um but we all, yeah, it's it's really. I always find it really strange when someone. Also, I I uh, I always save people's numbers in my phone, so I know who's calling. Right, that helps. Um, well, it, it's also nicer <laughs> if you if you answer the phone. You know how you can answer the phone differently depending on who you're speaking to, potentially, yeah. uh, or there may be some people who. Uh, so, for example, we had one client who was massively auditory. Um, and just you couldn't have a conversation with the guy anywhere where it was remotely noisy. So even if there was a slight crosswind and you're having a conversation, don't even try because he got wow. really frustrated and actually yeah. very angry really quickly. Oh, and it took me a while. I thought he was quite grumpy to start with, but it wasn't. <laughs> it was just his entire focus was auditory. Mm. And if you ever watched him on a Zoom call, he'd have his head down and he was really... It, all of his senses were in that one ear yeah um and that you know it we've just got to meet him where he wants to be met there's no point in if you met his energy level uh, the same that was coming in in this direction you just bang heads yeah and he wasn't a grumpy angry man it was just he was massively auditory and if he couldn't uh if he couldn't hear in the same way that i like to see a, a face on the screen um, I mm. like to see the the features. I can see you've got glasses on. You put lipstick on this morning, and you've made an effort. You made an <laughs> Just effort. For to get you, yeah. and you're not in your <laughs> You know, it, it makes a difference. Yeah. You can actually see people, um, and I think that uh, I, I'm I like to be able to see and hear people. Um, mm. But that's you know, some people are very specifically one way. I agree. I agree. So, from your perspective, has business changed that much because you don't get the face to face? Because I would imagine a lot of your consultations would have been, you know, sitting down at a desk or somewhere having a chat with someone, and now it's all online. Do you feel that there's a little bit of a barrier, or you've just gone, well, no, it's online. We carry on. Um, for the for the clients that we know and have known for years, no difference at all, really, because you've yeah. got that connection already. Um, for newer clients, I don't think they get the same depth of connection because you can't see who you're talking to. Mm. Um, I mean, there's a couple of people I've met um, recently or, or seen after six months. You're like, uh, I was on a Zoom call with somebody who I, who I didn't even recognize. Um, oh, wow. And I didn't because I'd never seen them. Yeah. Um, and because they hadn't put their name up on the screen and yeah. they mentioned afterwards. And I, I, I just didn't even realize because I don't know what they look like. And it was a different... We weren't even we weren't talking it was a it was a it was an NLP call and I didn't I mean I had no reason to know who they were and it was awkward because when she flagged it up it was like oh okay I should have known that but <laughs> unless there was there was nothing there to identify her as, as part of that call uh, um, so Zoom's, that, it's a hard one isn't it I was going yeah it is it's um 
it's an adjustment that we all have to make, I think, along the way. Um, and I agree with you, it's it's not easier. And when people don't put their camera on, if it's a Zoom meeting, um, and right. it might be a perfectly <laughs> legitimate reason not to have their camera on, but there's a part of me that's like, well, are they even listening? I'm talking, yeah, but, you know, right. are they even around? So it's being aware that you are being heard. So the, yep. the power of listening is a, is a big thing. You just mentioned... NLP, which some people listening to this podcast might go, what, what now, what's NLP? But also I'm really um, intrigued by how you and Gavin, your business partner, got on that road to NLP because it is now quite a big part of your business as well, isn't it? Um, it's more about the communication. Uh, it, for me, it's all about communication. Um, it's about communicating and meeting people in a place where they need they need or want to be met because we mm. haven't all been on the same journey um and i think that there's so many people out there calling themselves coaches and nlp practitioners and god knows what else um but i i my experience is there's very few people who actually put it into practice <coughs> themselves yeah um, and i think that's important so i don't i don't think it matters which business field you're in um i think it's incredibly important that you use the skills that you were given to make that process easier for you both yeah. now is that the way that you're explaining it is that the way they're receiving it and um, we started off actually by going to do uh, um a um and a tony robbins course oh, um which was yeah it, i think i'm sure i'm sure that year gina was doing gina was doing support um, oh right the, that year. Small and it was really weird because beforehand, I remember we, we had this long conversation. It's like 700 quid for, yeah. you really want to spend 700 quid for like three days plus hotel bills and all the other stuff mm -hmm. and lunch and everything. And um, and it was a fantastic experience, um, I've got to say. Um, I've always been, financial services has always been a bit rah-rah anyway. And Is I it? do love all, uh, yeah, I do. I love all that. Um, I, I love all the recognition and the, um, all those events because it's just, a, it's another really positive environment. Yes. Yeah. Um, and it's a bit of fun, you know, I, I, so Tony Robbins, um, the, the three days was amazing. Um, as a first to go back now, I think we'd have a very different experience. Yeah. Um, I was reading through the, the course material the other day and it's, it's a very, it's a very different thing to where we are now we'd have a we'd have a different approach to it if we were to do it again mm. um i'd still like to go back and do it again because i think it, i think you'd walk away with a different message yeah um, i think i think what we've always we, said uh Koglo as well isn't it is you you might have heard something before and you might in your mind be saying i know that yeah it's not new information but if you actually sit and listen and think about the context of it and the context within your life that you're le leading at the moment there's always something you can take from the information even if you've heard it before yeah that will embed into you so i, I generally say to people if you um hear something you'll retain it for an hour two hours if you hear it and write it down you maybe retain it for four hours or six hours if you retain it and write it down and then tell someone else about it and teach them what you've learned that's it you've consolidated uh, and that will stay with you for much much longer if not for life yeah so i agree I, I agree going back to do the course again is although it feels like a bit of a luxury because I've already done it. I ticked that box. I did a Tony Robbins, you know, yeah, but, but to go back I again, I think you'd, you'd, you'd go, Oh, I get so much more now because you're going in with that much more knowledge and that much more experience. Yeah, it, it was, it was amazing. It's the, I mean, for anybody else who's, who's been there and done that course, 
um you'd have had this had a very similar experience the the energy level is amazing mm. um and what's odd is that it's maintained from eight in the morning to 11 o'clock at night the whole time without a break uh. um and i've never experienced another environment like anywhere um mm. it was kind of the energy of a of a, a really loud club um mm. i hadn't been clubbing for a while obviously <laughs> um but it was the it was kind of the high energy of that, but but sustained without booze or anything like that, and it's just <laughs> weird. Just it can be done. <laughs> it, it, it can, but it can be, and for three days, amazing. Slept well afterwards, but it was good. I bet um, I bet you were shattered. Yeah, I can't imagine that. That's um, yeah, I've never done it. Maybe I maybe I shall try that one. So basically, you went to UPW or Tony Robbins, uh, and then you got on the personal development bandwagon, for want of a better expression, and then you came across neuro-linguistic programming and thought, hang on, let's just utilise this as a tool, I guess, in order to connect more deeply with your, your clients and your prospects and the people around you. Um, it's, I've only ever done a, a small bit of NLP, had a few courses here and there. I've not, not done, are you a master practitioner or you've gone up the levels? Yeah. Yeah, so that takes a bit of commitment again, isn't it? So were you going up the levels so you could get a little badge to sew on your shirt? <laughs> Uh, no, no. When, do, do you know what? If you get a little badge each way, each step of the way, they they add up, and it's quite nice. Yeah. But I've I've only actually ever really been doing it um, to kind of grow and develop, um, and to improve the communication. And the communication with our clients now is so much better. Good. I mean, it's so it's so much better. Yeah. Um, there's also the element that that we've kind of grown up along the way. I mean, that that makes a big difference. I'm not I'm not where I was when I was 25. Mm. um so that 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 is a a hugely positive thing but mm. it's that the difference it makes in in everything we don't have argumentative we don't have argumentative conversations anymore we don't we generally don't have stressy conversations okay. um on a daily basis certainly not with clients mm. um and it makes a big difference it makes a massive difference yeah uh, to, to the experience that everybody walks away with well, one of the things I, I usually say, which many people have heard me say before at our meetings, is that if you're not connected to who you are and understand yourself, how are you going to be able to connect to other people? And I think when you've yeah. done an element of personal development, then that means that you've got um, you, you understand how to listen properly. You understand how to connect to others, but you know what your triggers are. You know what your limiting beliefs are. Obviously, not all of them because they're ongoing all the time, but you've done a lot of the. <laughs> the housework you know you've done a lot of the donkey work to get the old ones out the way and you realize that oh that's why I do that oh I didn't know that and once you've kind of got that rubbish and that you know, housekeeping done then when you want to go and collaborate with someone who may be a total stranger but you're on the same mission and you've got the same passion and you want to achieve the same mm. thing providing they've done the same sort of work that you have as you say the harmony is going to be it's going to be out there and you can create that mag magic and you can bring that third person in or the fourth person and you know how to collaborate and it's and there will be disagreements in anything in any business mm. in in any industry in in any collaboration there are going to be disagreements and if you've done the groundwork and you've done the housework on yourself then they are not the end of the story a disagreement doesn't bring everything to a halt and you think oh well, that was a waste of six months I can't carry on there because he said that and she said that and you don't go down that route you become you know as we say it's a grown-up conversation so you can go to someone and say what you said actually triggered me then and I felt quite hurt and it isn't what you said per se but I, I, 
I found that it was something that hurt inside me. So one, I want you to know that it triggered me. And two, I probably need some help to understand why I was triggered behind it. And you kind of mm. unpack stuff. And then it's the realization that people don't actually want to offend you or upset you most of the time. Yeah. They're standing their ground because they feel threatened or out of control. or So they respond in a way that they've always done that seems to work. And then when you're in a grown-up conversation, yeah. you realize that's not going to work anymore. So yeah. you've got to find a better way to communicate more effectively. And you, the illustration you gave about that chap that you thought was just grumpy, and actually it's because he was that was how he learned, how he understood things. It was things. just auditory, and he was entirely focused. And it was one ear as well. He one might have ear. been a little bit deaf in the other ear. So, yeah, 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 and it's just... Um, once you once you accepted that, you'd never thought you didn't come across and go, "Well, he's still grumpy." You were like, "Oh no, that's his thing." So the pressure was gone and the stress was gone from the interaction yeah. with you. So it's just that is how I see. Can you imagine? Just picture it. If if politicians were able to be respectful of each other and listen and go, "Hmm, I hadn't thought about that," or do you know what? I, th I can yeah. see what you mean now. I, I get what you're saying. That's really interesting. Maybe we could change it so. Rather than well, we're right, and this is this is what we're doing, and and I get they have to make a stance on somebody's got to make a decision, but it's the the society that we're in. Everyone, someone says one thing, and everyone points the finger of blame. Yeah. And there's always going to be someone with a different opinion. There's always going to be some, and there is no right or wrong. It's just this is what we think is the best way to get through this at the moment. And mm. some people are doing it because it's like an opportunity to get more money. You know, who can say HS2, you know, there were millions already spent and that's gone to line some people's pockets. It must have been. It's human nature. But at the same time, some people are doing that in earnest that they believe it's a good thing for the country. Mm -hmm. So, it's you know, it's kind of coming together to do the right thing. And what is the right thing? And it's just the best for the people involved. So let's flip it back just briefly. What attracted you to our community when you first came along and why are you still here? I was trying to think about that actually earlier on as to who it was introduced me. Um, it was definitely out the Essex networking side of things. Was it Gavin though? Not Gavin? I'm not sure. I can't remember. I can't remember. Anyway, I mean, we, we, actually, we actually consciously made a decision that we would try and not go to the same um, networking groups because I think... Mm. That's pretty sensible. Um, and it's just, it, 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 to be fair, I think it took a, it definitely took me a while to get to know some people there. And the group's changed massively um, mm. since then. Um, there, there was all, there, it, I think to start with, it was a bit, mm, what are these people all about? <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people say that, yeah. It's about, it is about relationship, isn't it? And um, say, saying that, saying that the, the, the people in the, the community, as it were, are, there's a, such a diverse group yeah. um, and I, I've got I, I've got in my head some of the conversations that have been had in the pub afterwards that would be inappropriate to repeat now but <laughs> but some of the conversations that have been had I would never in a million years have had those conversations openly um, honestly um, yeah. with people who were really there um, mm. and who as in sat there genuinely not, I've never had one argumentative uh, that's actually wrong. Um, I've rarely had an argumentative <laughs> word with anybody um, within the community. And, you know, that's a nice thing. Um, it's a nice thing. I think generally the, the people um, kind of act in uh, the way they're meant to, which is a good thing. 
um, I think the the attitude to openly trying to collaborate uh, with different things is brilliant and, and everybody genuinely does try and help which is a great thing and mm. um, if we could get that if you could get the understanding of um, collaboration out into the bigger world it'd be bloody brilliant I mean it's mm. I just I still cannot get my head around why more people don't want to collaborate and um, we regularly find new potential um, partners or uh, relationships in business and mm. If you say I want to collaborate, people just don't get it. Yeah. And I can't, I just can't get my head around because it makes so much sense to do something that benefits you both in a way that is calm, nice, that should work. Fun and you enjoy it and you're sharing your experience with people. Yeah, it's bizarre. It's Mm. bizarre. I was just going to say what we one of the reasons that I find people don't want to do it is they've been burned in the past. You know, someone yeah. someone took a load of money off of me or somebody stole my IP or and it's like, wow, it's you know, it shouldn't be like that. Um, and I am known as a, you know, cockeyed optimist that I always think everyone's going to do the right thing and be nice and kind to each other. But you know yeah, what? <laughs> but the, the majority of people, the majority of people are like that. And it's the minority that are going to steal stuff. And they're coming from a place of fear and they're coming from a place of scarcity. So they're in it for what they can get out of it. And that is very short sighted for, as you say, building relationships in in the long term. So somebody does a collaboration. It doesn't go well. What they're going to say, they're going to tell all their friends, oh, don't work with him because he did this to me. Uh, And in the end, they're going to be stunted in what they can do and the potential. If you have a collaboration that goes really well, then everyone in that collaboration tells everyone else about it. And and you go, let's do another one and another one and another one. And you've got more and more people that you can share with in that way that what I love is that you can get something extra out of it that you don't necessarily see coming along as well. Absolutely. absolutely. And it makes it easier. It's easier to make a relationship work than it is to go and find another one. Oh, damn right. Yeah. but why why don't people have the honest conversation? No, sorry, it's not sorry, not honest or dishonest. That's the wrong thing to say. Why don't they have the as the uncomfortable conversations, yeah. isn't it? Um, and just if someone drops the ball on something, I've dropped the ball on something. It's not a problem. Yeah, it, it, it's we're we're all human, especially this year. I mean, this oh, year has goodness. been yeah. you know a shambles. And let's not go into that because it's a whole other, that's a whole other conversation. Um, <laughs> but this year has been a really good example of of something that's actually made a lot of relationships stronger because i think people have been forced to be a lot more open and genuine with each other yeah um it's not it is not it's not an honesty thing at all um because mm. because uh, it's not um it's just about people being comfortable enough to say we're all in the same boat let's get on with it you know what can we do to help you yeah you and, and i think as well that being because of what's gone on this year um 2020 is people are a bit more vulnerable and allowing themselves to be a bit more vulnerable and, and asking for help and saying that I've had a tough time and I need this. And they're not coming from a point of view of poor me. It's just, this is how it is. And then when you've got a supportive yeah. community, people can see what they can do. And if everyone does a little bit, then, you know, it makes, it makes life so much makes easier. It makes a massive difference. So the other side of you, David, that I absolutely love is during lockdown um you posted some stuff online um that you were doing with your children to keep them amused because like most Mm -hmm. of us um, not me included but a lot of people out there were doing homeschooling so you were trying to entertain a three-year-old and eight-year-old um actually to keep me amused 
<laughs> but it kept me amused reading about it. I absolutely loved it. And I think I put on one of the, your posts, it's like, I want you to be my dad. Because it was, it looked like such a brilliant time to be a kid and such a brilliant dad to have to take. So give us some ideas of what, what you did in order to educate your children. Um, I was actually explaining some of the things to Ben earlier on. Um, we live in a we live in a, a, a split a split level uh, front split front to back. Um, so we've got ladders into the roof space both ends. Um, so I put the ladders over the holes and ran a rope mm. from the top to the bottom. So we did uh, we had a, a zip wire in the, in the house. That was good fun. <laughs> uh, it looked more dangerous than it was. It was completely safe. Okay. Um, <laughs> it was. Uh, it was we did we did climbing we did camping we did uh cooking on a variety of different things on the floor uh we've we done loads we've done loads of stuff um we t- we've had hammocks strung up from the roof mm. uh, we did loads of stuff it was just good it was just good fun using the stuff that we have um kicking around um in the, well, what in the i like is and, you um, you took the classroom which is like you know a, a book and there's a textbook and then you know, do this exercise do that exercise but you just made everything physical it was like they were learning loads but from a doing it perspective which i think most children that's how they absorb information they do it it's yeah, they enjoyed it. Mm. i mean yeah. saffron can saffron can string up a hammock in about 20 minutes easily wow. and how you know how many eight-year-olds can do that it, it's yeah. Um, I'm very practical with things like that, and I want my kids to have. Uh, again, it's the same exp- um, conversation I had with Ben early on. Um, I want my kids to have uh, an experience. I want them to experience good things. I want them to experience bad things. I want them to. I want them to cook in a stove and burn themselves, so they know what not to do. Not badly, but know mm. what to do. I want them to mm. know how sharp a knife is. Um, I want them to be able to do practical things when they get caught out, and the only way they're going to learn is to do these things. Mm. Um, I want them to not worry about going out in the rain because they might get wet. It's like, yeah, don't want to do it, you know. Yeah, um, we don't want to our kids, don't we? To the point of stupidity, um, mm-hmm. our kids have been dumbed down generally um, when it comes to practical skills. In some ways, they're massive. I mean, kids are the, the fact that that both of my kids um, can. I don't actually know how they know the, the the password to my phone and my iPad and things, but the <laughs> fact that they can navigate all the electronic controls just intuitively is is yeah, amazing. Yeah. Um, but at the same, and, and I think the majority of kids are like that, but other than that, kids really have been dumbed down when it comes to practical skills um, and being able to look after themselves properly. And they'll, they'll, this will come to roost when they're older, when they get sent off to things like university or when they, when they move out. Yeah. Um, and I think it's incredibly important to just tool kids for the for the future. You know, they need that they need the skills. They need to know how to do these things. Mm. Um, and the only way they're going to learn is if someone actually teaches them um, and they need to experience things, you know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know about you. It's a different generation. But when I was uh, a kid, you know, my mum would teach us, this is how you do the washing. And so get your dolls and get all their clothes and we'll wash the dolls clothes so we know how to do it. And, you know. Obviously, we didn't have a washing machine in those days, so it literally was on the, the scrubbing board. But um, everything I had to, uh, it was my job to iron the hankies. So we all had, nobody had tissues, no, no um, uh, paper no, hankies. Did. It was all, so That's it was my job to, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we had to iron all the hankies. And, um, you know, there were all jobs that we had to do, you know, yep. clearing out the grate, um, all those kind of things. And 
you look back and when people say, oh, how do I do the ironing? I'm like, oh my goodness. And my friend spent many years until I told her off going, oh no, I can't cook. I'm like, can you read? Yes, I can read. Well, then you can cook. You just don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> and that was your excuse. And it just, when our girls were, once I went to senior school, I'm not doing your ironing anymore. You do your own. Then when, once they were um, 16, it was like, nothing. you can do your own washing. And what day of the week do you want to cook dinner for everybody? Um, and they had their specialities. When they were five, they went to school and they used to come home and go, Mum, we've got a school fate. We need cakes. I went, oh, OK, you know, we've got to supply the cakes. So we make some cakes. So you're learning. Da, 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 da. Next time, Christmas Bazaar, we've got to make some cakes. Well, you did it last time. So you, off you go. And the kitchen was blitzed, like a five or six year old making cakes was. Uh, but they knew what they were doing. Right. And yeah. I didn't have to do it anymore so I knew mums that were like their kids were 11 and 12 oh I've got to make cakes for the bazaar like get the kids to do it what what would you mean do it I I agree completely Uh, and they said once you get over the fact that you've got no control as to the mess yeah and it's just mess isn't it yeah yeah it's like feeding themselves (laughs) they they did that we had the wall was just um a mess where behind the the high chair so we said every time they made a picture I just put it on the wall (laughs) over the mess we'll decorate later when they've grown out of throwing the food around then we'll decorate that's fine <laughs> good for them <laughs> it was exactly exactly and yet i had a, another friend who'd have their child in the high chair and every mouthful was given to them and then their yeah. face was wiped and it's like well how are they going to play they've got a... they'll never learn get them let them yeah it's a, get different, them to get on with it. it's a different world i think but a world that it's, it's balancing it up isn't it between the what was the good in our life because we had bad things in our life but the good stuff of our life and the technology the good stuff of technology and kind of marrying them together so that... the useful application of the good technology though isn't it it's the mm. it's the taking the stuff that i mean there's the the um the the educational aspects of technology are amazing i mean mm. it's fantastic if you look at the the films and the I was watching David Attenborough thing uh, yesterday. Just the quality, the quality of um, things that they can see now is just so much better. Yeah. Um, and they'll learn from that. And there'll be they'll, there's a lot that they will learn that will be streets ahead of uh, of where we were when we were young. But I think the the big thing that kids are missing is the practical stuff. Yeah. It's the how do you do this this if. Yeah. You know, it's a. Uh, it's a, can you change a car tire? You know, we, we were taught we were taught that um, you're not allowed to have a car unless you can change change a tire. Yeah, um, can't pick a tire I mean, up now, they're so heavy. <laughs> well, yeah, but if you, if you, you know, I've, I've worked with people, I won't mention any names, um, who've waited for three hours to get the AA oh. to come around and change a tire. And it's just like, do it yourself, take you 20 minutes. Well, when I was a teacher, um, one, of the guy, uh, one of my friends um, taught year five, so what's that? 10 nine ten year olds and that was one of their lessons it was come on i'm gonna go and change my wheel on my car <laughs> so yeah. the whole class would go out there and he, he would teach them how to do it so there was no way but also while he was doing that he taught them about pi he taught them you know about uh the science was brought into it and it was everything that was part of it and just and then a couple of days later he'd be teaching them how to do a um oh, what was his classic uh a toffee cheesecake Oh, banoffee pie. That's what he used to love doing, oh, banoffee pie. pie. He was the favourite teacher, you know, because he taught them so many different areas, but it was practical stuff as well. And, yeah. yeah. That's I mean, what kids need. I remember, I've got to tell you this story, when I was teaching many years ago, um, 
uh, it was in the classroom and all the curriculum was literature first, then maths. The whole school was doing that. And it got to, um, that we're in the middle of a maths lesson and kids are like distracted and looking out the window. I'm like, what the hell's going on? Um, snowing. And I'm like, hmm, okay. Coats on kids, we're outside, it's snowing, let's do a science lesson. So we went out there and we made snowmen and it was, it was coming down. And I'm like, where's everybody else? Why aren't the others coming out? Because it doesn't really snow that often. Anyway, when we finished, um, you know, we had done freezing and melting and um, crystals and you, you name it, anything to do with snow, we, we'd done it and we'd measured it and everything. So it was a science lesson. We, we took it into poetry. We took it in, in everything. Uh, and by the end of the day, the uh, head said to me, could I have a word? And I went in there. She said, what were you doing out in the, in, everyone was there for maths. I mean, <laughs> but it was snowing. She said, but it was supposed to be maths. I'm like, but it was, but nobody else was out there. I said, well, that's their problem. Because <laughs> if they can't make a, yeah. a lesson up off the top of their head, then, you know, these kids are missing out. And so all the, my kids were like, everyone was jealous of them because they got to go out and play. But mm. it wasn't play. It was, but they'd, you know, they'd walk away with a message that they'll remember forever. That's the thing. Yeah. Because it's off, yeah. off the back of an experience. Mm. So your kids are very lucky to have you as a dad, I think. <laughs> Long well, may it continue. <laughs> I want to get them into more more adventurous sports. Oh, what's your? Are you a, an extreme sport fan? Uh, I I just like to get. I'd actually like them to 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 get to a stage where they can do sports that I want to do, <laughs> and we can go and do it together, um, without having to hold their hands. So we've got a bit of, bit of time to go yet. Yeah. But they're getting there. You know, they're they're getting there. They're they're fairly adventurous in their own right. And they're keen to, I took them climbing. It. It's interesting, I took them climbing uh, for Saffron's birthday on Saturday to clip and climb. Mm. Um, and it was really odd. They, the kids, oh, most of the kids there were really, they weren't as as kind of outgoing. Robust. Um, there wasn't, the, the people who are doing the instruction there, I don't want to be just um, impolite to anybody there, but they weren't, they weren't all being encouraged to go for the top. Yeah. They were being careful. Way. It was, yeah. It was, it was run as a compliance exercise, very much, and uh, yeah, safe and sensible, and that's great because yes. no one's going to get hurt. But yeah. at the same time, get to the top. You know, that's yeah. what you're there for. We we took our, our goddaughter to one of those, and you could see she was nervous, but she was, I'm going to do this. So my daughters who are like in the late twenties, the oldest one's thirty now, but um, they were so good with her because they were like, oh, I think I'm nervous as well, but I'm going to go for it. And they went up so far and then they came down again. So she went, well, I'm going to do that. So they got, I, I went up as far as Nikki. I was like, brilliant. Well done. That's fantastic. And then she came down. <laughs> and then she went up again to the next level and then the next level. And by the end, she's at the top. Yeah. You, Come on, girls, you can do it. Come on. <laughs> no, it was just and so, that's it should be. It was seven, I think. I don't know, seven or eight at the time. It was lovely. And I think, you can tell adults that have been like that, that have been cautious as children, because yeah, totally. then, they, then, you know, it's like they're in their safe little job in the corporate world and they're not happy and they're not enjoying it, but the pay packet's okay. So they are in misery for the whole month just to get that pay packet that makes them feel like it was worth it. And then they're in misery for the next yeah. month when they've got all this knowledge and experience that they could actually take and go, well, I might be working and I'm miserable, but for some of the evenings, I'm going to be setting up my business so that eventually I can take... The, the balance and go well I'm going to go either yep. part-time or I'm going to t give up the job and I can carry on with the business and it's like just take that leap you know have faith in yourself and have faith in who you are and that, that's one of the things I like about Collaboration Global when 
people say they've got lovely ideas and ambitions and dreams and you know some of them are huge and some of them are just a little bit and some and they'll they'll say it out loud so it's public so we know about it and then one of the collaborators was going and when are you going to do this and mm. what's your first step and get all the accountability eh? yeah exactly exactly but also and how can i help that's what i like about it as well so if somebody is around to go oh, come on let's let's do this and it isn't necessarily a huge commitment but when three or four people can look after one person then everyone's taking a little bit of it and making sure that they're getting it done yeah. but it's also, it's also more importantly it's people asking to help without having a vested interest um it's really nice that people are willing to share their their time their experience without necessarily saying 50 pounds please you know yes. it makes a big difference yeah well, um, so people are asking the right questions, aren't they? Yes, indeed. And, and what I'm hoping to um, nurture into people, which is, is pretty much evident anyway, but I want it to be known that this is what happens here, is if somebody gives you their skills and their experience and their knowledge for free and you go, oh, thank you very much, that's nice, well, then do something for them. And that can be a testimonial because you've experienced their stuff or it can be yeah. find them a referral or it might be, well, I've had that and actually I need to work with you now. Can we work together? So it's kind mm. of the first instinct should be how can I help you? But then the other person should be able to reciprocate. It's this kind of, yeah. for want of yeah. a better expression. It's not, it's, not, it's not always easy in the same way because people are in such diverse positions and diverse industries. Yeah. Um, but that's also the beauty of it because there is that huge expanse of, uh, of differing experience um, just to ask just the most random things. Yeah. And you know, it's the people people know, um, the, the connection. It'd be interesting actually to map, map out everybody in the community and map out what, what the people that are connected to them know yes. yeah. because it must be colossal. I mean, it must be colossal. There, there must be a bit of software that can do that. <laughs> it's called it's, linkedin i think probably but you'll yeah. never get the, the proper picture <laughs> yeah it's just putting in the members and seeing where that that spread comes that'd be interesting wouldn't it i like that idea because you know this six degrees of separation um yeah. well when i was doing my um bni days um and i used to say to people always ask for who you want who's your ideal client and people were scared to ask for their ideal client but mm. i witnessed it again and again and again when people were brave enough to say i want to work with they got the gig. It was amazing. Yeah, yeah. So I've heard people say, I want to work with Jamie Oliver. Got the gig. Mm -hmm. I want I want to work with um uh what's his name? That rich guy that owned the football team. Oh, it'll come to me in a minute. Um, yes, that's the one. Thank you. With him, they got the gig. Uh Oli Murs, they got the gig. The Queen, they got the gig. You know, it's like really? so bizarre. I must send you a list. I know, <laughs> wow. but this is it. It was just somebody in the room knows someone that knows someone that, I mean, when this lady uh, stood up, I just literally said to her about be specific who you want. She said, well, actually, I like Oli Murs, but I've no point asking here. It's just, look, who do they know? There's, there's a dozen business owners, you know, that I said, just ask. I said, is yeah, he? I didn't know who Oli Murs was at the time. And he don't, I just they're only human beings, aren't they? Exactly. But she asked and three people went, yeah, I can do that. And then when the uh, Roman Abramovich thing came up, this woman asked uh, and everyone in the room laughed when she asked for him. She was a financial advisor and everyone in the room laughed. And then in the out the corner, someone, I could do that. And we went, what? And we did, I didn't know who said it, but she got the gig. Somebody knew him. He was their client or he worked with him or done something with him, uh, had a connection. So six degrees of separation is rubbish now because yeah, of uh, you know, Facebook. Yeah, indeed. So we are all connected to amazing people. So just imagine the collaborations that could come out of that.
And from my mind, taking it from a ground space of, you know, a small community that, that we've got that's continually is growing now, which is fantastic. But if we hit that tipping point where more and more people know about us and then more mm-hmm. and more people understand the culture and understand how to listen and understand how to um, connect to themselves and understand who they are, to, to know what their triggers are when they get angry or upset, to understand that you don't need to be angry and upset, to know what it feels like to live in abundance and share with people and care for people and help people if that now most people are like that naturally but when it comes to business there's this little switch that goes on that says you've got to be a capitalist you've got to look at the bottom line you've got to look at the profit margin you've got to look at money 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 let's take that out of the equation because the money comes anyway once yeah. you're doing all those other things it comes so that's my um dream and my passion is to get a community that have the same values that are going to make a difference to the world. And then if we can just get the big boys to listen, <laughs> um, then, then we've got a chance to, to tip the balance uh, and make a huge difference in society, which is you know, the whole purpose of us coming together. We have a lovely time. We get to learn about each other. You know, I know if anybody that I know needs a mulch consultant, you're the first person I'm going to be thinking of to share. This isn't a networking group. This is because I know that you care about your clients. I know that you've done... NLP, you've coached the coach approach, all these different things that make you stand out head and shoulders above the competition who are just going through the motions. Now, there are other mortgage mm-hmm. consultants out there that would also do similar things to you. And I would imagine if they were in our community, you'd be like, oh, should we work together? Let's see how we can help each other. Because- it's, a, it's, you know, it's a really it's a really weird thought. Uh, sorry, it's a really weird point, actually, in that the majority of people in financial services see each other as competition. Um, and, and it's the same in it's the same in many industries. You know, mm. if they were to enter a room that was networking, they'd basically stay away from yeah. each other. It's crazy. They? It's crazy. Because they go and say hello. You know, because at the end of the day, are we actually all in direct competition? No, we're not. In in every industry, we're not. You and know? it's like there are on LinkedIn alone, there are six hundred and fifteen million people. So I think yeah, there's right. enough to go around. Can't you know? find a friend there. There's something wrong yeah exactly exactly well listen um if people wanted to get in touch with you obviously you're a mortgage consultant what other um products what other things do you do because you said to me earlier about um, you set up a set another company recently um around coaching so tell us a bit more about the other stuff that you guys do uh so we have a number of different companies uh the the mortgage consultancy is little parrot which is pr- which is there for uh, the provision of mortgage uh, mortgage and protection products. So that that does the financial side of things and the practicalities of putting it together, really. Mm. Um, we have Hawkhurst Invest, which is set up to source um, clients' property and help build their portfolios, um, do cash flow forecasting, um, and basically hold their hand through the, the education process of getting involved in property. Mm. Uh, we have Will Protect, which is uh, an estate planning uh, business actually I should have talked to Ben about that this morning and didn't oh. um, and um, and uh, then identity resource um, which is uh, which is essentially a coaching business which is a, a fledgling a fledgling thing but I think the under the underlying approach to all of them uh, is very much relationship driven and the way that we deal with our clients um, and I think that is a that that is a unique um, point to the way we do things um, and it's an incredibly important point. So I think the relationships that we have are 
are really, really beneficial to everybody. Well, when you say that you've got returning clients like 15 years later, it, it mm. kind of stands in good stead, doesn't it? That, you know, you can't have been that bad. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> they, they must have met. I mean, there's a lot of um, mortgage consultants around. That's your main baby, though, isn't it? You, you look after that bit and you yeah. kind of yeah. um, diversify in, in the rest. So um, I was yeah, talking... So I- lot of it's a lot of data and detail and that all, that's enough <laughs> well do you know what that's where your um your analysis through the biology that you did in the early days is probably where it 100%. comes yeah. up it's funny isn't it how the talents that you have naturally the genius that you go well everyone could do that and actually they can't is is kind of you can look back over your life and you can join the dots then can't you and go well when I was at school I, I never would have thought about doing this but in hindsight it's the the talents that are your natural space um really yeah absolutely I, I take a I, I take a scientific approach to problem solving um mm. the, the 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 only thing I don't do necessarily is explain that approach to somebody so um when I'm flying through a when I'm flying through a scenario in my head, um, you won't necessarily know what's going on until I tell you at the end. It's a quick way. <laughs> some people do, some people don't, but it's, yeah. it's, the, it's the quickest way to work out where we need to go um, to, to work out. It's just the way that I think, but it, it enables us to get from A to B much, much, much faster. Um, you so, know what? Um, the, the problem solver... Um, in the financial industry um, is is a kind of better tag than I I do mortgages you know what I mean it kind of makes you I we get oh, to- that. no totally mm. totally mm. no to- yeah. totally I said that to you earlier on I think it's is that is is a job title necessarily what we do and it's not no, no. I mean it's it's not but you can't you can't um oh I, I don't know I don't know how you'd label it that now that's that's a subject for uh, yeah. for a session isn't it Yes. What would you call what I do? Well, I, I think the fact that you're a natural problem solver um, and then the, the, under, the problem solver then underneath, you know, within your financial future, something like that. Um, yeah, because that, that's what people want half the time when they've got property over here and a property over here and then they've got a mortgage yeah, to be got over there. And then, ah, where's it all going to come through? And it's like, well, I can tell you how I do it or I can just do it. What do you want? You know, <laughs> it's like me doing my math GCSE. I wasn't very good at math. It was, a, mm-hmm. it was an O level at the time. And um, I, I used to question everything. And in the end, the guy said to me, because I was doing it in, um, I, I did it at school, failed miserably and, and took it again. And the guy said, look, do you want to pass the exam? Or do you want to know how to do it? And I said, I just want to pass the exam. He said, well, don't worry about that bit. Just just do this yeah. bit. Don't worry about that bit. Just do it. I'm, okay. So I did. Got there in the end. So, David, it's been fascinating catching up with you again. I just love your energy around what you do. I love the relationship that you have with your kids. And and it's kind of this love for life and your um, your commitment to your good health as well because of the running and all the uh, you know going through the extreme sports I mean I can imagine you with your your daughter and, and your son going down the old zip wire in Wales you know the longest one in the world so I bet you'd have that's a lot what of, I want to do I'll bet yeah <laughs> let me know how it goes that sounds pretty scary to me um so if somebody wanted to connect up with you uh, how how's the easiest way for them to have a chat uh by email is probably the, the quickest and simplest um, can you put an email in this link? I can, we will put an email there as well. But just <laughs> if, if people are in a rush and they just want to listen to it and go straight to it, what, what's your easiest email? 
Uh, David at littleperret.com. And how do you spell those little? So L-I-D-D-L-E-P-E-R-R-E-T-T.com. Lovely. Dead easy. Thank you. And um, presumably they can find you on LinkedIn as well if they want to. Yeah, easily. Easily. Um, or check out the Collaboration Global Facebook group as well. And you're in there. Alternatively, if you would like to meet David, you are more than welcome to come to Collaboration Global's meeting. There's always one on the fourth Tuesday of the month. Unless, sorry, it's the last Tuesday of the month, big pardon, the last Tuesday of the month, apart from <laughs> December, apart from December. Um, but yeah, you're welcome to come as a guest. So you can go onto the website, collaborationglobal.org, find out all about us and click the link to join the meeting. Or you can go on to Eventbrite uh, and search for Collaboration Global and you'll find all the meetings listed there as well. And if you want to contact me directly, it's jill at collaborationglobal.org. That just leaves me to say thank you so much with your beautiful background that I've enjoyed looking at because I love a bit of the ocean um, and lovely stories, David. And it really just makes me feel really proud to think that you are um, excited about the future, um, understanding the commitment around what we're trying to achieve in Collaboration Global. And you're just one, one of our best members. So thank you so much for being part of this community. Really grateful. Thank you for having me. Brilliant. See you soon. Take care.